Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. We hope everyone had a very happy new year. This is the Blue Crew Pod. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. And we have a great interview today with our friend, NRD. A lot of Ranger stuff going on, a lot of personal stuff going on. I feel like we've both had crazy, you know, past couple of weeks. And we haven't recorded an episode in what feels like a month, but it's only been two weeks. But I'm going to hand it over to my good buddy over there, Cody Frankel. Cody, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? How's your vibe? What's going on? You look stupid. I look stupid. I would argue you look like an idiot right now. You're eating a muffin like a chubby boy. <laughs> your your face looks dry no as shit. Shame. No body shame. You, your face looks dry as shit. You need it some is. better moisturizer. You see and that? You need, yeah, I see that. And you need to use some like Burt's Bees on your lips. So I don't want to hear shit from you. Um, but yeah, no. That was your best great. chirp, I think, on this entire show. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm doing great. Weekend vibes, chilling. That's that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. not, not doing great from that loss yesterday, but- no. Is what it is. Actually, a funny story. I'm, I'm so I'm playing in a tournament on Long Island this weekend. It's called the Camp Cup. I went to summer camp, and it's a bunch of the you know Jewish summer camps getting you together. Camp, bro. Playing a little tournament, but my best friend's mom was like in the pro shop watching the end of the like watching the overtime with the Devils and Rangers, and you know my like best friend's little brother told me this story after it happened. But I guess they were all watching together, and Andrew Fox was sitting in the pro shot with them like watching the game adam's older brother and the devils scored or whatever and they went nuts and my mom or his mom said to andrew like oh who are you rooting for like not knowing it was like fox's brother it's kind of funny they were like screaming in his face celebrating that the devils won and he was like, like he should have he should have lit them on fire um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a cool story hope you uh lose the cup but you know we actually lost our first game in nine years yesterday we, we've never lost. It's been a nine-year tournament. Never lost. And yesterday, we lost for the very first time. Why? Why? Like, um, you were too slow, not pretty skater in the league? Like, what happened? It was a 2-2 game. They scored the winning goal with, like, a minute left. I wasn't even out there. You know, I had a two-minute shift before to tie the game up. And then mm. I needed my rest. And then they scored, and, and we didn't tie it up late enough. But we got the semifinal this morning and the final hopefully later. So How are you in the semifinal if you lost? That makes no sense. It's a round robin, bro. Participation trophy, a round robin, and then you made a semifinal and final. Is how tournaments work. There's rankings. Do you have any goals? I've had a goal in every game. Don't stop it. I'm the humblest guy I know. <laughs> as as you're subtly boosting your confidence. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, let's just recap this Devils game. I I mm-hmm. mean I know we haven't recorded in like what feels like a long time, but we don't need to recap every game. Let's just go into yesterday's game. Um. Boys were coming in hot. They felt pretty good. They looked really good in the first two periods. I, I thought it was pretty much a lock for a win after 40 minutes. I thought we were playing great hockey outside of that one, you know, Hughes goal, but there's nothing we could do about that. And then, I don't know. I felt like it's it's the same old, like, jazz where they played, like, an, an on and off third period and let in two goals. And obviously, Hughes had that second goal, which was huge for him and, and the Devils, and – as soon as they tied that up, I was like, we're losing this in OT. I just don't feel confident whenever the Rangers go into OT. I don't know why. And I feel like every single time this season we go into OT, it's from us squandering a goal late and we lose. And every single time I feel like we're up going into the third and then the other team forces OT, we're like, in previous years, it's been us down and us forcing OT and like going in with confidence. And I just like don't feel good about this team whenever we're netting out a point. And yes, sure, we walked away with a point yesterday, but you know, it should like I get we were on the road, whatever. It should have never came down to that. In my opinion, I think we outplayed them like overall in the game. And I don't think it should have ever came down to that. And like you can look at, you know. OT like we'll, we'll get into Lafreniere in a minute because that was I don't even know what that was but <laughs> I just don't think it should have got to that point I don't know what are your thoughts 
Well, to start things off, the Rangers and Devils this year have played three times. In all three games, the team that's gone up 2 nothing has lost. I think that's yep. like a crazy stat. You know, the, the, the first game, the Rangers come out hot. They go up 2 nothing. Devils come back, win 5-3. Last game, Devils go up 2 nothing. The Rangers score two goals in seven seconds to tie things up at three. Heedle scores in overtime. And then yesterday, obviously, we know the Rangers go up 2 nothing. And what, what changed the entire game, and, and listen, I, I only watched spurts of it. I didn't get to see the whole thing because I was playing. But I did see the first Jack Hughes goal, and Barkley Goodrow had a whole, like. Like a muffin a back, yeah. Like a, a muffin back to the defenseman, like that just can't happen in the NHL. Like either just throw that in deep or mm-hmm. or put some muscle behind that pass and get it to your defenseman. But he yeah. basically just gave Jack Hughes that breakaway, and that changed the entire game. Like you know, I know Chris Kreider scores a goal to put them up three to one, but if the Rangers go up three nothing, that's a huge hole for the Devils to climb back from. So yeah. I think that singular goal really kind of changed the whole game. True, made far, some really bad plays yesterday too. Yeah, I heard. Um, but as as far as the rest of the team goes, I mean, let's talk Jimmy Vesey too, right? Like he earned that two year extension. Like his first totally. goal was gorgeous. What a totally. move! What a confident play. And and listen, I think like the difference right now with Dude, you know Gauthier I want to talk too. about Gauthier's been playing great. I've been saying that I fucking love him. I love Gauthier. But you're, you're such a fraud. Um, the, no, I've been saying you can. Everyone can back that up. I've been saying that. But the Vesey thing, the Vesey thing, just just look what happens when you can give when you give a guy confidence, right? Like mm-hmm. VZ's obviously kind of earned it, but after signing that two year extension, like you could just sense that he has a little more cockiness in his game. Like he makes yeah. that, he makes that, he doesn't make that move like a month ago. He, wanted, really. to here, though. he yeah. wanted to be here, which is great. And like, you know, I think it was an incredibly savvy move, honestly, by Chris Drury, because I think now you have a guy who is like, you know, I mean, let's let's call v a spade a spade here. Like VC is a third, fourth line guy at this point in his career, but mm-hmm. now he's a staple for the next two years in this team. Like, and that's that's a big move. And and you know, Gautier's also like he's another guy. He's finding his own slowly. Like, I would look to lock him up too for like the same exact deal. Honestly, mm-hmm. the same exact deal. And and honestly. I can't even express how at my wits end I am with Sammy fucking Blay, bro. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, dude, this this guy has played almost sixty games and doesn't have a goal. I, you know, some some things are just not meant to be, and this dude is just not meant to be a Ranger. Um, and I'm not trying to shit on him, not trying to shit on his game, but he is just like he. I, I'm not trying I'm, to shit on him, but you are. <laughs> I am looking forward to like you know, the end of this season where it's just like, all right, see you, dude, let's, let's move on because he's just a body man and he just makes dumb plays and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't make those hits he used to make. Like, it, it, I don't know. He's just one guy who's really annoyed me. And I think Gautier and, and VC have, have surely, surely, as you said, like earned this kind of promotion where they're getting more ice time. They're playing better. That being said, like, let's go into Lafreniere. And I know wow. we harp on this every single week and I hate to do it, but that OT goal was all on him. Okay, I don't know what he was doing there. You can argue like, okay, he maybe it was an illegal hit. Like once he got hit and got down, it doesn't matter. That pass, I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Like, why are you looking down? Was he trying to like dish it to Hedl? Like, like I, I just don't know what he was doing there. Of course, he was trying to dish it to Hedl. What do you mean? No, no, dude. I don't know if he was. Man, it looked like. What do you mean? I, that was a pass that got picked off if you want to call that a pass, it looked like he had some weak wrist there and like oh. couldn't dish it. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what that was, but it, it was not, it was not a pass that I, that I'm looking for that guy to make. Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It was a player who's not confident making a, you know, a, a pass that he probably should have made, but maybe waited a second or more. Why is his head down? Why is his head? Why is he looking at the fucking floor when he's moving forward in OT? It just makes no sense to me. What do you mean? Dude, he was His like... His head wasn't down when he passed the puck. He's dude, like trying to gather control of the puck. I don't know. You don't, you've don't. never looked down when you stick handle before? Yeah, but I also know... Sure, but I also know my surroundings, and I know who's in front of me. I know who's to the right of me. I know who's he, behind he me. Made, he made the the play that like almost everyone would make, but I guess, you know, besides Severson, but... I th- I think like Lafreniere, like any player, you know, nine out of ten times is making that pass, but they're just making it a little bit later in the play. Like he didn't let the two on one really develop. He passed it a little too early, and the defenseman read it really well and and picked it off and came right down the other way. And I, I also think like anyone who thinks that was an interference call, like no, like 
the Devils player was just on the back check and Lafreniere was trying to own that ice and they collided. Like it was an accidental collision. I don't yeah. think it's a penalty or, or whatever. And, um, you know, Severson came down on that two on one and he had a perfect shot, like low blocker on Igor was perfect placement. Like you can't really blame Igor for that. Like, you know, two on one. Would you blame any of the goals on Igor though yesterday when he gave up that three to one lead? I mean, the Jesper Brack goal was a fucking missile. I don't know if you saw that. The one timer, the second goal, that was a, like, that was literally a rocket. I, you can't blame Igor there. I mean, that literally went in and out of the net like that, like so quick. The first goal, a breakaway for Hughes. Third goal, a, you know, a tough bounce that goes right to an open net. You can't really blame Igor there, too. He plays a shot, it hits a defenseman's leg and goes right to Hughes at the open net. And then the overtime goal is a two on one. I don't, I don't blame Igor for any of those goals yesterday. Enough said, I guess. Well, no, Laf- the Lafreniere thing, I, I, it's, it's all just confidence. That's what it all goes back to. If, if he's, you know, playing at, at a high confident level right now, like he's going in and he's thinking shot first, like I'm shooting this puck. But a player who's not confident isn't really, you know, thinking shoot first and they want to get rid mm-hmm. of the puck so they don't make the fucking mistake. And he ends up making the mistake. Like imagine if Lafreniere shoots that puck and it goes wide and the Devils come back two on one, then it's all his fault too. So I like, listen, I, I don't know if the play is entirely his fault. Obviously, he's definitely to blame for, you know, not the best pass and the Devils coming back the other way. But Listen, that game had so many mistakes that the Rangers could have fixed. Like, like I said, I think it all goes back to that good drill play, the first goal that Hughes scores. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if the Rangers go up three nothing, they kind of put the Devils away. I feel like because three goals is definitely a hard lead to come back from. But you know, as we know, two goals is the worst lead in hockey. So they got to find a way to put that game away. Like you said, they come away with a point. It would have been a huge win. They would have jumped the Devils in the standings. Right now, they're two points back of the Devils and third in the Metro. So. It's going to be a tight race with the Devils, and we're going to see a lot of them. We might even see them in the playoffs. Like it's going to be a lot of fun going down the road. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to see them in the playoffs at this point. I just It'd be fun like, as fuck, though. Yeah, sure, it would, but I, I do not like losing to them. I can't stand the Devils, um, especially being up three to one in the third. And you know, I, I just think we need better ways to lock it down. It's as simple as that. Like you can argue the good drill play, sure, but like. Dude, that was like they had intermissions after that to recollect their thoughts and change the tempo of the game. And then we went up three to one. Like you're so I, cute. They had intermissions. Yeah, I mean they did. They it was, had it was the second period. They had one inter- they had one intermission between periods. Sure. And Gallant, Gallant No, but it's just it's just one play that just changes the whole game. It just shifts momentum and changes the game. I guess if you if you want to say that, but they scored a goal after that. Like I I, I agree, but I disagree. I just think that, you know, again, I'll point to the three to one lead time and time again like you can't be giving that up like it's as simple as that you have a a cushion lead in the third period you need to play 20 minutes of hockey you need to shut them down and you need to win the game because if you don't like shit like how how are you gonna win in the playoffs i mean i know it's still early and i know there's still time to figure stuff out but like dude this is you know this is probably the biggest loss we've had since that Oilers collapse. And like, this is the third or fourth time we've done something like this, this season. And it's a little concerning. I'm not going to lie. It's a little concerning from, from my end. I don't know how you feel, but like we, you know, you can't just continuously say, all right, let's burn the tape, move on to the next one. Like these are, these are things of note and things that we need to fix on. And, you know, I'm sure the team knows that, but I mean, how many of these are we going to see until we're, until we kind of put our foot down and lock it down? Like even if they won three to two or like, you know, whatever they did give up the three to three, then you have to win an OT. You have to figure out a way to win an OT. And like, you can't give up these points because giving up these points are big dude. Cause now the devils have, do they have two points on us? Now they have a yeah. game on us, but like yeah. it, you know, it's, it, it's, these points matter, especially towards the latter part of the season. Like it's going to matter a lot. So I just want to say also like Mika's move in OT was so fucking sick. He kind of like um, faked going backwards and went around both devils defensemen. And yeah. got that breakaway. He missed the net, but that was such a sick move. Like I really I thought he was going to bury that. I know, and that's that's now. I'm trying to think too. Like the last two overtimes, Mika's had like grade A chances that he just doesn't Dude. finish, and you know they end up losing. But yeah, I mean, I I said this, I said this in our group chat the other day. We go as Mika goes. Like that's literally it. Like no, our true. team, he's he is like it's honestly one, true. You no, know, no, it really is. Yeah. If he shut down for the game, like it's the same thing kind of like with, with Lingren being the catalyst on defense. I feel like Mika is a lot of our like offensive drive. Um, but that being said, I did just want to quickly touch on, I think Braden Schneider is, is like literally becoming a superstar. I mean, yeah. he has played 
the last 20 games or so, I feel like he's getting better and better every game. And it's, it's just such a sight for sore eyes. And, and I love that. We actually had a DM from uh, that B that BLVCK like black dog diamonds, the guy um, from Virginia. Sorry if I'm, I'm blanking here. I uh, want to give a shout out to him though, but he DM me saying, like, I think when it's all said and done, who's the better player, Braden Schneider or Keandre Miller? Keandre Miller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, right now to me, it's a no brainer. It's Keandre, Same. but I think, I think Schneider is for sure. Like he, he's putting that, he's like putting that into a poll, like up for like results oriented. Like, yeah, well, he's just I, been I super know. consistent. He's been very yeah. consistent. Yeah. I mean, we, we should be very thankful. We have them both right now. And, um, you know, our, our defense is, is like slowly, slowly becoming better. I think it's just a matter of like Truba finding that consistency. That's, what's going to be very important for this team down the stretch. Um, you know, he has games where you love, and then he has games where you hate and there's no middle ground. And mm-hmm. I think Schneider and Keandre have a shit ton of middle ground. So yeah. we'll see. Um, but you know, overall team vibe check for me so far, like I, I feel pretty good about the team. Um, you know, I feel pretty confident in this squad. I just think there's a few kinks that we need to like figure out over these next 30 plus games. And it's going to be very important, especially, you know, within the next like month and a half leading up to this deadline and like figuring out what is the team we want to go into battle with come playoffs. Um, but I, I, I honestly feel pretty good. How do you feel? I feel the same as I felt before the season started. Going to be a year regression, going to lose in the first round. All right. Well, you're wrong, but um, I'm right. right. We're winning okay. the cup, and we're gonna figure it out. <laughs> no, 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 I would, I would bet my entire life savings that this team does not it's win the this year. It, you're a piece of shit. Um, no. So, okay. So you're <laughs> saying that. So what? Okay. So what if we trade for Patrick Kane or Tarasenko? You still well, agree with I'm that? I'm saying. I'm saying right now. No, but that doesn't count. That's what do you mean? I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't. Put, there's uh, no way this team isn't making a move at the deadline. They have $7 million of cap space and there is no way. I'm saying this team right now, I would put my life savings on it that they don't sure. want to set up. Okay. Yes. Obviously this team right now is a piece away. Like this team right now is okay, a piece so, away. Well, so I'll change my mind when that happens. That's, that's fraud. You can't, you can't How do that. that fraud? I can't, can't, it's a hypothetical. No, because because you need to go into it looking as like this isn't going to be the same team, and they're going to have another piece coming in the playoffs. How many? Te- how many? Pieces how do I know who that is or what that is? I'm telling you who it is. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you're a schmuck. <laughs> I know. I know. Um. All right. Anyways, <laughs> they're not losing in the first round. They're winning the Cup Rangers by a million. Last thing before I guess we can kick it to NRT. Do you think any other Rangers? other than Igor are going to make the all-star game. I know this year they're doing it a little different. So instead yeah. of like fans voting on three slots, we're voting on the last 12. Yeah. So obviously we, we had have... a little bit with NRD. I thought though, no, 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 we didn't talk about like who would make it. I mean, we, we just yeah. talked touched on Foxy a little bit, but like, yeah. I think, I think Fox Mika and Panarin are all incredibly viable candidates to kind of like jump in there. Obviously all three of them aren't going to make it. They'll probably make one of them make it. Fox has definitely proved this case, but like I feel like so is Meek and so is Panarin. So it's it's going to be a really tough call. I think Foxy got snubbed for sure. Um, and and I would think I would think Foxy over Meek and Panarin just because Foxy's like third in points for a defenseman, whereas like I think Meek and Panarin are like you know a little bit north of twenty. Yeah, yeah. Panarin's twenty one and and Mika's twenty five right now. Yeah. So yeah. I I think Foxy got snubbed and uh, well. Can I touch on that a little bit? Because yeah. you know why he got snubbed, right? Because Igor didn't make the all-star game last year and he won the Vesna. So they, yeah, it's that's totally, ridiculous. it's totally the NHL, like coming back being like, all right, we have to like, he's playing really, really well. He's not playing as elite as last year, like slight tick worse, but like, well, he's still third and wins for goalies. Exactly. Like no, you know. they, yeah. I mean like, you know, other than like Olmark in, in the East, I don't know if anybody's playing better than him. So they had to make it that way. And I feel like it's just their way of kind of like, you know, making it up to Rangers fans by snubbing him altogether last year, which was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like, I think, yeah, Fox should be in there and, you know, hopefully one of Panarin or Mika can make it too. And, and we can get two more guys in there, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything else. Do you want to kick it to NRD? Before we go into NRD, I actually want to talk about my event that I'm throwing this coming Sunday, January 15th. I know I mentioned it a couple episodes back, but now it's all set in stone. It's going to be 
$54. Come all you can drink, all you can eat all day. It's in Brooklyn, 99 Scott Avenue. It's sponsored by BR Open Ice, Top Line Hockey, and Sausket Hockey. There's a two-on-two pond hockey tournament, but it's not like, you know, real hockey. It's kind of just to hang out, mess around, you know, throw on some skates, gloves, stick, helmet, like not full equipment, no goalies, that kind of stuff. But we're going to have like a DJ, some fire pits, food and grill, projector with football playing, and we're going to have the Ranger game on at 5 o'clock. It's going to be a great day. I think – I don't want to guarantee, but we've been talking to some former NHL players that might stop by. So, like, we've been talking to Anson Carter, Glenn Anderson, Stefan Mateau, mm-hmm. and trying to get Scotty Gomez to come. You know, like I said, no guarantee, but a lot of cool people playing. Like BR Open Ice will be there. They're going to have a team playing. 43 Oak Foundation has a team playing. The FDMY is going to be there. They're playing. Top Line Hockey has a team. They're playing with like Booneyeves. He'll definitely be there, former Ranger. So it's going to be a great day. It's outdoors. There is an indoor part of the day, but it's really just about getting the community together, having some drinks, having a good time, hanging out, getting to know people. And listen, if it goes well, we're going to try to do it in other cities also. Um, you know, BR Open Ice kind of loves the idea and we're trying to just grow the game of hockey and bring it to new neighborhoods. Like, you know, I've been saying that Brooklyn is a, you know, a place that there's always pickup soccer happening, always pickup basketball happening, some softball. And I've never seen any hockey in my you know time being there. So mm-hmm. I just want to bring hockey to the neighborhood. And, you know, I hope everyone can come by. Like I said, 54 bucks gets you a ticket just to hang out for the day. If you want to play and submit a team, it's like 75 bucks a person. So it's not too expensive. Um, you know, we're providing all the alcohol and food and everything for the day. It's like one to eight o'clock. So it's going to be a long day, a fun day. And I hope everyone can come. But No, that sounds great. And you also said there's like a $5 raffle for a home Igor jersey, right? Shesterkin. We're, we're going to actually try to give some kind of giveaway. Um, yeah, we haven't yeah. figured out what that is just yet. It might be Igor like tickets to a game. $5. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to do something cool for, for everybody that comes. Um, so if you can make it, that'd be awesome. I'd love to meet anyone that listens to this podcast. We could even do like a live interview there. Who knows? We'll try to figure something out with that. Yeah, and but, I'm so proud of you. I didn't think you were smart enough to put together an event. So <laughs> I've had um, a lot of help. Yeah. Um, no, it's seriously, it'll be an awesome time. Um, I will try and make it if I can. <laughs> by. Uh, so, so for some background, I'm going to the Ranger game at five, but I'm also like going with my entire family. So they're coming in early. So we might get like lunch and stuff. So obviously. Oh, well, what, what better place to get lunch than a $50 all you can eat and drink? Yeah, true. True. (laughs) And and to see your ugly mug, but, um, but no, no, it should be an awesome time. Um, definitely come support. Obviously we would love all you guys to come through and that being said, you're not even coming. Dude, (laughs) stop, stop putting me on blast here. Um, that being said, let's, uh, kick it to NRD. Uh, let's do it. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very happy to welcome on a now recurring guest, a good friend of mine, an enemy of Cody's NRD, NHL Rumors Daily. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Don't want to reveal you again. You know, we're keeping you as a secret, as always, as your request. But what's going on? I'll be, uh, I'll be this podcast's little, little secret. So we'll keep it that way. Uh, what's up, guys? Appreciate you having me on the show. Glad to be back. Glad to be a recurring guest on the Blue Crew. I mean, last time, new name since the last time I've been on, so... Good, uh, good vibes, feeling it. That's right. We were the, the Blue Yorker last time, I think, right? Was that mm-hmm. in the summer? But I do want to start this off with a proposition. And Cody, if you want to say something first, because I know you haven't said a word yet, if you want to just say hi. No, no, I'm, f- <laughs> I'm, I'm fine being mute. It's, it's all good. Okay. I do want to start off with a proposition. NHL trade deadlines right around the corner. I know we're going to talk about that a lot during this episode. But I think it'd be really fun if we could create our own little rumor and have people guess like which is true, which isn't true, like in the mix of that day. Like just make up make up something ridiculous that us three can like have like an inside joke on and see if people believe it or not. I don't hate that idea. I, I think it's fun. Okay. okay. You, you think it's kind of fun? Are we gonna go through that now? No, no, no. I just like that day we'll 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 figure it out. But like, you know, I, I just wanted to pitch that. <laughs> Down with it. I'm, okay. I'm with it. So so that being said, I'm gonna jump yeah, yeah. in here because <laughs> you know. I, I, I have to do this uh, time and time again for Johnny. But, um, I thought there'd be more banter with that. But yeah, 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 no, <laughs> it was a dead shot. It's all good. But uh, NRD, my guy, how you doing? I guess I'll start with a Rangers question, right? Uh, we are a Rangers pod. So the past month, the Rangers have been one of the best teams in the league. They finally got back to that team that, you know, we all saw last year uh, make it to the semifinals and, and, you know, the conference finals. So the semifinals. <laughs> it technically is the semifinals, Johnny. Um, yeah. But yes, the uh, ECF. So anyways, who or what do you think is the missing ingredient to get this team to get over the hump and win the cup this year? 
You know, I think the obvious answer would be a guy who could just score at a clip, like mm-hmm. a Patrick Kane type player. I mean, Patrick Kane hasn't really had the best season of his career, but, you know, Chicago's a really bad club. But I'm going to go a little off the cuff with, like, my actual answer to that question. I'm going to say a loosening of the Gerard Gallant system, right? Like, Panarin played great hockey under David Quinn when he was the coach for the Rangers. Yeah. And then we saw a little bit last year where Panarin at times was struggling because he wasn't able to play that East-West game. Because um, mm-hmm. he can be that scorer at the clip that they need a guy to, you know, possess the puck, keep it in the offensive zone, dish out, make plays. I just think that the sometimes the Gallant system or lack thereof kind of restricts him. So on one hand, yeah, you can go get that Patrick Kane player. He could be your scorer at the same time. You might be all right if you just loosen the screws a little bit on how Gerard Gallant wants this team to play, ho- play hockey and just get back to that fun, fast pace, get the puck deep and then start moving the puck in the offensive zone, and Panarin can just set up guys, you know, along the half wall, in front of the net and whatnot. Yeah, and a lot of guys are getting, from what I've heard, are getting frustrated with Panarin's lack of, you know, shooting the puck so much, but I feel like he's always been that playmaker kind of guy. It just so happened that, you know, a couple of years ago, he was he was scoring 30 goals, and now it's in the 20s, whatever. He's not shooting as much, but he's he's got such high IQ and, and things of that nature. So it's a good point. John, I mean, the guy, wants to add something. Yeah, the guy spent fucking 40 games on a line with Dryden Hunt last year and still put up, you know, what was it, 95 points? What did, yeah. what did he have last year? 96. 96? Yeah. So, like, listen, I mean, Panarin's had better line mates every other place he's been at. Like, mm-hmm. he played with Kane in Chicago. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on who his line mates were in Columbus, but I know, like, Duchesne was there at the time. I don't know if he played with Duchesne or not uh, on the same line. NRD, you might be able to attest to that. I. Couldn't tell you. I think okay. there's one team I play pay attention to the least, and it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, you know, to that point, like, he hasn't necessarily had steady line mates throughout his time in New York. You know, I mean, yeah. Stroman is really the only one that he played with on a consistent basis for, you know, multiple seasons. Like, and, and when Gallant comes in, and I know we're going to get to that too, and maybe I'll just follow up with Gallant right now because we actually, you know, argued it a lot, I feel like, this past weekend, you and I, you know, talking about Gallant's sustainability and – how the you know narrative around him is he can't last in a place for more than three years. But I was defending him, and I'll continue to defend him because the name that we were talking about is John Cooper. And everyone talks about how great of a coach John Cooper is, but it took John Cooper almost like six, seven years to actually get the job done and win a Stanley Cup in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. So who's to say that Gallant can't do that? Like, Why does everyone want to rip his head off you know, in year two when the Rangers right now, as we talk, are in third in the Metropolitan Division? To counter, and I'll continue to counter that point, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad argument. It's just that John Cooper was a younger head coach. His first job in the National was with Tampa Bay. He's had a chance to grow in that Yeiser plan and that Yeiser system. He's not there anymore. You know, Obviously, Stevie Wise in Detroit now, but he kind of grew up with that, with that team, and they evolved into a club that became a perennial contender. Whereas Gerard Gallant, right? Like, Gallant has had his – he's had his six years, right? Like, he was two in Columbus or a year and a half at Columbus, got shit canned. Then went to Florida. He was on a taxi, you know, on his way out of there a year and a half, two years into his tenure in Florida. Same thing in Vegas. So now he's with the Rangers in his fourth head coaching stop. And quite honestly, I don't think that there's been enough of a difference in in his team style of play going way back to Columbus as there is to now with the New York Rangers. It's the same where he lets the veterans run the show, lets the veterans run the locker room. He's a great players coach for that aspect. But when you get a team like the Rangers, who we saw, you know, not this past month because they've been back, you know, off their skid. But in the months previous, they lack direction. They lacked on ice execution and strategy. And he's not the coach that's going to give you it. And I think that's why Galan has not had that success around the league, no matter where the stop has been. Because mm-hmm. he comes in, he lets the veterans kind of run, run the show, run the camp. Team feels great about that. You make an Eastern Conference or a Western Conference final run in the case of Vegas. And then that next year, when you kind of need that structure to build off of it, Kalan's not a guy that's going to get on the whiteboard and drop those X's and O's like John Cooper will. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. And I'm actually going to completely agree with you on this one. Uh, oh, you're not going to agree with me? No, I'm not. And, and, <laughs> well, well, all right. I'll agree a little with both of you because I do like Galant. I, I like mm-hmm. him as a coach. Um, I just think, you know, he gets heat because a, a perfect example – is what NRD said, right? A loosening of the system. He's changing these lines every single night, and you even said it with Panera. Yeah, no, that doesn't help his case. It's, it's crazy hard to find consistency and and be that team that we're all looking for the Rangers to be when you're swapping lines every single night and 
you know, especially as we have so many young kids on our squad, like each one of them trying to find that consistency and finding their own game. It's, it's a really hard thing to do when things are constantly changing and evolving and, and so on. And I get that it's, you know, part of the game, but there definitely has to be some uh, form of consistency there. Um, but I, I guess to that point, I, I did want to jump into a little bit about Alexi Lafreniere because uh, he's been one of the most talked about players on the Rangers this season. Um, he was really expected to take a big leap, and he hasn't yet. Um, he's had stretches of invisibility, one could say, for games at a time. So, NRD, I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on the entire Lafreniere situation, and what do you think comes next? Yeah, I, first and foremost, he stays in New York. I, I don't believe he's going anywhere. I mean, I, I had tweeted this out a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and then Pierre Lebrun, uh, I think it was Pierre Lebrun mentioned it the other day that the Rangers are telling teams he's not going to be traded, and I, and I subscribe to that theory. Okay, doesn't stop teams from being interested, right? Like Montreal, the Rangers played in Montreal last night. Obviously, there's a big contingent there that wants to see him come home in Vancouver as well. Um, Emily Castonguay's AGM in Vancouver was his agent when he was drafted to the Rangers, so there's interest there too. But and Jeff Gordon drafted him for the Rangers, but yeah, now he's in Montreal. Very, very yeah. valid point. In addition to being the hometown kid in Montreal, so you know, I think here's my take on the Lafreniere situation. Right, like the Rangers have struggled to develop kids for quite some time now. I think Lafreniere is a great player. There's a reason why this kid went first overall. There's a reason why he was a captain at Ramuski, much like another very famous captain of Ramuski who is a shoe in for the Hall of Fame whenever he decides to hang him up. Four times, four times, uh, four times Stanley Cup. You champion. are so funny, Jonathan. <laughs> Good one. Um, no, I just think that the Rangers have struggled to develop kids, and this is not just a Lafreniere issue, and it's not a Galan issue even. I think it's an organizational issue going back to like you know Leah Anderson and, and those guys. Um, but that being said, I think Gallant needs to be the coach that bucks that trend and gives him those minutes and lets him kind of work through it. We talked to, you know, mm-hmm. you just mentioned Cody about the, the line changes and the fact that there's a different lineup every night for this club. I, I think that allowing players like Lafreniere and Kako for that matter, to make those mistakes up front, which you're allowing a guy like Keandre who's developed beautifully on the blue line to make those mistakes and then make up for him. If you can allow Kako and Lafreniere and he'll to some degree do that up front. I think you'd be in a much better spot. Unfortunately, there's a lot of external factors, including the fact that this team went to the Eastern Conference final last year. James Dolan wants to sell playoff tickets. I think there's an immediate demand to get back there, if not to lift the Stanley Cup this summer. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help when you have a guy like Lafreniere who needs the time to develop on the top line, not giving you that top line effort every night. You can't leave him there. So you're kind of playing that, you know, accordion effect, that slinky effect with him. And it's not fair to his development. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. But like I said, he's not going anywhere. And I do believe that the best interest of the New York Rangers is to keep him there, keep him motivated, and just know that brighter days are ahead. And, you know, if you're Chris Drury, you're sitting there going, we don't have to pay him a lot of money this offseason. So can I butt in quick, Cody, or do you have a follow-up? Definitely. Jump in. Okay, so a lot of people, I guess, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think how to word this, but everyone right now is kind of comparing Lafreniere to Tim Stutzel, which is kind of unfair because, you know, they were both high draft picks, same position. It's fair. It's but, a fair no, it's not. They, were, they were brought into a completely it's different a situation. Ottawa was a fucking dumpster fire when Stutzel was drafted there. If they have flip-flopped, let's say Lafreniere was drafted by the Senators and Stutzel was drafted by the Rangers, I, I still think it's the same outcome, but, like, you know, Lafreniere is the star on Ottawa and Stutzel is, you know, this third-line player on the Rangers. Like, I don't think if Stutzler was drafted by the Rangers, that his career would, ha- would, would be where it is right now. Like, you know, you know, I think um, I'm trying to, th- I was talking about it somewhere else. And, and I'm going to jump in here because you're <laughs> literally saying what, what I said to you this morning. And like for the last p- few months, this morning, like, we didn't talk yeah, this morning. Yeah, we did. You just didn't respond, but um, my <laughs> <laughs> conversation in, in our, in our group chat, but um, Lafreniere, I'm like still convinced he would absolutely thrive on a team like Ottawa where they don't have many stars and he could be that player that can jump in and be a star from the get-go. Whereas you look at the Rangers and this team has five superstars. I mean, they have Igor, they yeah. have Fox, so Panarin, Kreider. What'd you say? You agree with me? No, I do agree with you, but I also think that I, I think I disagree too, because I think it's incredibly fair if you're, if you're comparing Stutzla and Lafreniere because they were drafted right next to each other. So you have to compare those guys. Okay. But sorry, NRD. I feel like we're not even, I feel like this you're is fine. I have a better comparison for you. If you want it, hit us, hit us. I think you can look at the career paths of Nico Hiche and Alexi what? Lafreniere a lot closer and a yeah, guy that 
Nico Huchet, a guy that was taken first overall by the New Jersey Devils. First couple of years, he really couldn't get it going. And you can talk about New Jersey's, you know, allergy to developing young guys like Pavel Zaka and a couple other guys that they weren't able to develop. And then he said just as he got older, as he got smarter, as he got more reps under his belt, eventually developed into a guy that's the captain of that club, Mm -hmm. a hell of a hockey player, a great two-way center, and and smart. So I I think the problem is, right, and I think I even mentioned this to you, Johnny, before we started recording a couple days ago, like – I think there's this instant gratification with our first overall picks in this league, especially past couple of years. I mean, look who has went in this past, you know, decade and a half. You got Austin Matthews, Patrick Laine, who was a stud when he came out, not even talking about one of the greatest players ever to be born, Connor McDavid. So like there's that and Jack Eichel as well. So there's that instant gratification of these guys need to be studs. I think that helped the hype behind Lafreniere. I think he will be a stud. I still think he could be a great player in this league, but I think he's much more in the Nico Hichet need some time to cook, slow burn, develop camp. I don't think he was ever really supposed to be the star that we saw a couple of years prior to that. I just think that that didn't help his case. I, I kind of remembered the point I kind of wanted to make, though. There are a lot of Ranger fans who think that the Rangers are just poor at drafting, where like Lafreniere was the clear-cut number one overall. Like Whether it was the Rangers picking first or the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning picking he was first. The guy. Like He was the guy. Yeah. So... You know, you know, that's that's the hardest part, I think, too, about it is like the fact that he was the clear cut number one and mm-hmm. it's just not panning out. There aren't a lot of those guys that we've seen, you know, come up in the NHL. Like right now we're seeing it with Bedard, but like McDavid is maybe the other one and Matthews. Like there there weren't so many clear cut number one overalls. Like McKinnon's another one, and they've all panned out. Like all of them. You know, yeah. like literally the, the ones who were recruited since they're like 16 to be a number one overall draft pick have all figured it out, I think, by this time. And that's what's making it harder. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think the the he share comparisons great. NRD, I we I said mean, huge last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah another I mean, not another similar comparison. A guy that yeah. just goes number one. And, you know, there's this expectation that he has to be the stud from day one. And it took look, it's taken huge. How many years? Fuck, it's taken him. 10 <laughs> 10 years to really develop into a great second line player for that club and it's taken a lot of support around him and i, think, I don't think yeah. you can argue that the rangers don't have the support i mean mcdavid outstanding rangers don't have the support that edmonton has had you know around nuge this year and dry and evander Kane before he got hurt and you know guys playing out of their minds there so you know, I, I like I said, I you know, I don't want to take all this time up for you from yeah. you guys on Lafreniere, but I really yeah. think this kid would be a great player. I just think that there's this instant expectation that this, that this kid has to be a stud, which I'm saying, you know, we're going to have the same conversation, the three of us, hopefully three or four years from now, where it's going to be a very different conversation. Right. That may, I mean, that makes complete sense. And again, it, it doesn't help that he can't find consistency on these lines and is getting shuffled every single night from – you know, a bad game here, a bad game there. And it, it's it's tough for a young player, especially one who's trying to develop that confidence and build that confidence. Um, and I think, you know, the last thing I'll say on him is I, I think it's just from Rangers fans' standpoint, it's a little tougher because he was looked at when he was drafted as this generational-type talent because, as Johnny said, he was the clear-cut number one. So I think that's why a little bit more than – you know, first rounders for the Rangers in the past, you're looking at this kid to, to really come in there and just be a star from the get go. And, and obviously he's a good player. Nobody's debating that. It's just, you know, finding people are debating that <laughs> there's he's obviously a good that. player, like, yeah. but um, all right. To, to shift off Lafreniere a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the, the league as a whole and, you know, NRD, who do you think is, one sleeper team this year that you've really been watching closely that could really be dangerous and, and make a deep run if if they do make playoffs? You know, I really want to hate on Seattle, um, but they're just like a, a young team that's having fun out there, right? Like yeah. they had a great game in Toronto last night. They absolutely blew the doors off uh, on the road against the Toronto team that's probably in the top three clubs in this league right now. So they go in, they blow the doors out. Shane Wright's going back to the OHL. That's official now. For, for the really? rest of the season. Yep, he's, he's back in Kingston. Wow. So he's not coming back to the league this year, but they have Matty Beneers, who's going to run away with the Calder Trophy. Mm-hmm. He's playing out of his mind, and, and they just have a, you know, as much shit as, as on my own podcast, which I won't shamelessly self-plug here. I won't do it, I promise. You're allowed to. Uh, yeah, can I? Can. So uh, yeah. in the Cold Stove Pod, my <laughs> podcast, we, uh, we, we, I give a lot of shit to Seattle and Dave Hackstall, but 
and Ron Francis, for that matter, for the roster he constructed. But they look like a team that's just kind of playing with the winds at their backs right now, just having fun and not really worrying about where they end up. Mm-hmm. They're a team I could see just at the right time kind of going on a miracle run, much like, you know, you want another team that's a little bit more realistic, Dallas. I think Dallas is a good constructed club. Jason Robertson's an MVP candidate in my books. Jake Ottinger's a, as good of a goalie as anybody else in this league. Mm-hmm. And I could see them getting hot at the right time. I mean, they're going to make a move or two at the deadline coming up where they're going to reload that blue line a little bit after losing Klingberg. And I can see them being a team that's you don't want to play come April. I agree. I, I said last week that Dallas was a, you know definitely ahead of the, the Rangers, Devils, Maybe the Hurricanes, you can say not ahead of the Hurricanes, but you know, I, I actually kind of want to build off that, uh, Cody, as well, because I've been pushing the narrative for about like two months now that I think the Sabres are going to somehow somehow sneak into the playoffs. Do you think that's at all a possibility? Because right now, you know, the Devils are looking a little more inconsistent. The Islanders aren't really pushing as much. There, Pittsburgh's now on like a six seven game losing streak. The Sabres are six points out of a playoff spot right now. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem with the Buffalo Sabres is the way they're winning games, it's very similar. They're like a poor man's Edmonton Oilers over the past couple of years. They're just yeah. winning games like 6-4, 8-7 in overtime. They're winning these ridiculous games that just, you know, it's fun to watch. And Tomer's killing it there. Tage Thompson yeah. is just out of his mind. But, you know, it, it's not sustainable come that time of year, right? Because teams are teams in the Atlantic, teams around the Eastern Conference, those wildcard seeds, the contenders are going to bolster their teams at the deadline. They're going to make the moves or at least try to. I know things are a little jammed up right now because of the salary cap figure for next year. But teams are going to try to make those moves. And if you're Buffalo, I think you're much more content letting the season take its course. Whatever happens, happens. You've developed Tage Thompson into an absolute stud. I don't think this is a fluke or a flash in the pan. You'll add guys to that roster next year. You know, Power gets another year older. Darlene's a stud. And you can go out next offseason and grab that goalie if Devin Levi's not ready to play yet. So mm-hmm. could I see them sneaking in? Absolutely, because the Atlantic's a little weak. But then again, I, I think the teams that should be there will eventually get there. I think Buffalo will – the cream will rise a little bit. Buffalo will fall down. But it's fun to watch nonetheless. I love watching them. That's That Skinner-Tuck-Thompson line is so much fucking fun to watch every night. Like anyone who's not watching the Sabres right now, highly recommend it. He's a stud. I love yeah. Alex Tuck especially. So good. Play with him at New York State camp on a line. I think he had like eight points in one game. I still didn't make the team, though. <laughs> I think we're just big Tage Thompson fans is, is what it comes down to. <laughs> um, but uh, NRD, it's certainly starting to get hot into hot stove season here. So I did want to ask you, you know, <laughs> Good plug. Couple, couple, uh couple questions here. So I guess my first question is, the deadline's under two months away now. Is there anything interesting you've been hearing that you can share um, and you know, what's one hot take you have of something that might happen leading up to this deadline? Yeah. Uh, so the hot take, I guess, if you will, Jonathan Taze ends up staying in Chicago. I, you know, Patrick Kane's going to be on the move. He, I think yeah. he's healthy. And, you know, as of like 10 minutes before we hopped on to record this, I think Mark Lazarus at the athletic said that he's healthy to play tonight, but they're going to hold him out as a precaution. There's no trade imminent. Just, you know, let's make sure he's hundred percent healthy. There's no real reason damaging an asset ahead of the deadline in a month or two. But I think there's a chance that Jonathan state, Jonathan Taze just has that, you know, wants to finish his career with Chicago. It's a one team guy, put a lot of heart and soul in that organization, you know, not always the most perfect captain, but I could see him not wanting to move on and Patrick Kane being the guy that goes. So I guess that's a little bit of a hot take, if you will. And then the other thing, I mean, no specific names, just the defensive market as a whole, right? There's not too many big names on the defensive market right now. I think Eric Carlson's impossible to move because of his contract. Mm-hmm. So where do you go from there? John Klingberg, Matthew Dumba? Like, I, I just think that there's going to be a defenseman that comes up in the next couple of weeks or so that we haven't really heard of. And I haven't even heard of myself, but just uh, I'm looking to see where the defensive market goes because there's going to be teams like Dallas that I mentioned before that if they want to make a run at this thing, they're going to have to shore up that blue line. Hopefully not Keandre Miller. Hopefully that's not a name that comes up. Doubt it. That's an interesting take. Uh, I'm curious to see if Taze does stay. I'm almost wondering here if for the New York Rangers, it makes more sense. And I'm plugging this to Johnny for quite some time now about Vlad Tarasenko. Um, You know, the Blues are right on that cusp of making a playoff spot, but he's obviously in his walk year. So is he a guy who you think might make more sense for the Rangers than 
Patrick Kane, you said they need a goal scorer. I completely agree with you. I think that's really the one missing ingredient for this Rangers team because if you look at their goal scorers, they really only have, you know, Kreider and Mika, and you hope Kako gets there, but he's not there yet. Um, so does he is he a guy who maybe makes more sense for Broadway than Patrick Kane? And what do you think a return could look like for someone of that caliber? I think he comes cheaper than Patrick Kane believe it or not, because I think Patrick Kane has multiple options. They both have Mm -hmm. no trade clauses. Patrick Kane, I think he would love to be in New York, right? He's a Buffalo kid. I think he'd love to be downstate with the Rangers. But he also, I could see him ending up in like four or five different directions. He can end up in Boston. He can end up in New Jersey. He can end up with the Islanders. He can end up in Edmonton. He's not Boston. Yeah. Listen, Boston's going to go for it, and that's a conversation for another time. But I think Tarasenko comes a little bit cheaper because of the fact that He's wanted out for two years now. The Rangers were one of those clubs, you know, going back that he's wanted to go to. And I think that Doug Armstrong's at a point in his tenure as a GM of the St. Louis Blues where, I mean, this is the same club that that went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 18 off of a freak run from, from Jordan Bennington and, you know, Craig Berube coming in as the interim coach. Other mm-hmm. than that, they really haven't been a good team. And, you know, talked about this on my pod, I think the last episode last week, right? Like, they they've kind of been just like the Minnesota wild of like the early 2010s when they signed Parise and Suter, where they like, they got in every year, but they've never really been able to make noise in the playoffs except for, you know, that one Cinderella run. Other than that, they've been like, not that good. No, so they're, they made a conference final, I think. Yeah, but so did Minnesota in that run, I believe. And it's just like, they, they haven't really had su- sustained success. They haven't been like a world beater in the Western conference. And it's just like you keep running it back with the same core and the same guys. And, you know, Bennington's not getting any better. And mm-hmm. Tarasenko's getting older and just wants to be out of there. Pareko keeps getting older. Jordan Carter's a stud. But besides that, like, I just think that... Buchnevich. Buch, you know, trade That trade will forever go down in infamy. But you uh-huh. keep running it back with the same core, I guess is my point. I think that's eventually going to end for Doug Armstrong. Yeah. And I wonder if he kind of has to cut his losses and trade Tarasenko at the deadline. Honestly, it kind of reminds me a little bit too of the like Rangers from like, you know, 2010 to 2016. Similar. I mean, they went to a final, but like made the playoffs, made noise maybe once or twice. You the know, Blues won though. That's the difference. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. But he was saying aside from that year, yeah, you know, that magical run, like they were just kind of mid or whatever, you know, not that the Rangers were mid, but I, <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I mean, they really just had a goaltender who would carry them. They, they yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot that that team, those teams never really had that one star that you're looking for, who can just put the team on his back. Right. Like they had Rick Nash. Sure. They had St. Louis for that one miracle, you know, mm-hmm. cup run fine, but they never Gabbert. really, yeah. Yeah. But Gab, Gabby's time was short. I mean, they never really had a guy who was a staple of that team outside of Henrik Lundqvist. So it's yeah. like, you know, but yeah, no, I, I, I see the point for sure. I've only got like one more. Do you have any any more, uh, Cody? No, I I mean I I just want I guess I guess my only I'm gonna jump back in into what I asked you earlier and like is there anything at this point in time that you've been hearing you know that you can share at least or uh, maybe maybe Rangers maybe not Rangers anything that you know might go down or you're gonna you know, be an asshole and hide it from us. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I'm sure you two have probably discussed it on the show. The Pat, there's been this like percolating rumor about James Dolan kind of leaving this Rangers front office and organization on a short leash right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm buying that. I, I do think that there's change imminent at Madison Square Garden for both clubs if they can't make noise and make a run. I think he's invested a lot of time, and for a guy like James Dolan, right, like who we give a lot of crap to as, as an owner in, in New York. You know, he's invested a lot of his time and his money to allow these two teams, the Knicks and the Rangers, to rebuild. Yeah. And I, I think that the rebuild has went on long enough in his eyes for both these clubs. I would just really be interested to keep an eye on Chris Jury and Gerard Gallant if the Rangers don't at least make another conference final run. And, you know, maybe like knock on wood, you know, a key player goes down and like they don't make it. And then maybe they let him run it back. But if they disappoint, I, I'd be. I'd be pretty surprised if Chris Jury and Gerard Gallant are still here with this club uh, if they don't really make the noise this year in the postseason. After two years, yeah, that's that's that is a hot take, and yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you honestly, from what happened previous to 
you know, Gorton and uh, JD, like, I, I don't know if you can, you can doubt that. So it's, it's these definitely things don't turn around overnight. They know? don't, but you, you have to understand who you're dealing with and ownership. And that's kind of what I was a, a, yeah. alluding to. Like it, you understand like James Dolan is on, you guys know it better than, than me and probably anybody like James Dolan is on this club for 23 yeah. years now. I think he bought him like right in, you know, 2000, 2001. And every year the New York Rangers and the Knicks for that matter have went for it. And they've never really had a chance to rebuild to get that guy to agree that we have to tear this down and do it organically. You better have results when you say it's time to be ready to go. And the Rangers have said it's time to be ready to go, right? Like they went out last yeah. year, they acquired Ryan Reeves. They traded Pavel Buchnevich for a guy who, you know, could play key depth on the third line. They traded their first round pick next year for Andrew Cobb. So they have went for it. They said, Hey, Dolan, thanks for letting us rebuild. We're going to win now. If they don't win now, I think Dolan's going to feel pretty, you know, backhanded slap for agreeing yeah. to let these guys run a rebuild and it turns out that they don't result in the Stanley Cup so I'm just saying like I said it's a hot take and maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'll have an egg on my face when we run this back in June but I, I just wouldn't be surprised because it takes a lot to get a guy like that to agree that you have to do it the right way and organically if the result isn't there mm. he's going to go to somebody that will give him the result he wants no I get that my my last question is about you know, a specific player and I don't really pay attention to all-star weekend or the all-stars. It's, it's never been a thing that I like really watch or, you know, not that I don't enjoy it, but it, I, I don't like read into it. But this year I, I kind of think that Foxy got snubbed, um, you know, as far as all-stars go, obviously Igor has been great, but I think Foxy has been our best player consistently throughout the entire season. He's tied for third and scoring for defenseman right now. And he's not even really being talked about for the Norris. If anything, you know, his name has been a little bit quiet. Kale McCarr is getting more attention right now, and he has, you know, four less points than Foxy. And, you know, I'm hearing a lot of Josh Norrissey instead of Josh Morrissey, which is, you know, pretty funny. But he's had a great year in Winnipeg, and obviously Carlson's been tearing it up in San Jose. Do you think Fox deserves some more praise or, you know, got snubbed for that all-star selection? Like, what do you think about Foxy? And, you know, is the NHL somewhat sleeping on him? I think they're absolutely sleeping on Adam Fox. I think he's – I think you can genuinely flip a coin between him and Kale McCarr. I mean, Kale McCarr – Gets the love. They're so different, though. They're so different. Not not in the way they play, but I just think in terms of their dominance and, and how mm -hmm. they do each of their roles, I think they're both. I think they're like what I'm saying is I don't think one number one. I think I don't think one guy is one. One guy is two. I think they're both number ones. You know, yeah. I think you flip a coin, and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm coming on your show and get your <laughs> Rangers audience to uh, to love me for saying that. Well, they I mean, I honestly disagree, which is fine, and you're more than welcome mm -hmm. to. I think they're both absolute studs. In terms of the all-star snub, right? Like, I, I think the all-star game is an absolute disaster this year. Disaster. disaster. One representative from every team is an absolute joke. Allowing yeah. anybody to be voted in for those final three spots is also a joke. They changed it. They changed it. Participation trophy. They changed it. This year, I think it's um, I think it's going to be 12 spots that fans are voting on. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't honestly, admittedly, I haven't paid attention. But yeah. I, yeah. I think it's an absolute joke, so I wouldn't be worried about the all-star love. I'd be more concerned with the fact that, like you said, He's got more points than McCarr right now, and he's not getting that Norris love for, for whatever reason. I think he's a stud, and maybe it's just because the expectation for him has been so high since he won a Norris a couple of years ago that anything less than out of this world, people are like, eh. But he's still been very, very good. Yeah, I mean, he's got 39 points in 40 games right now as we're talking. You know, as a D-man, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, I actually did have one final thought here. Um, I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't uh, bring this up. So you mentioned earlier that you think there's no chance Lafreniere is going anywhere. Um, it is, you know, next year, pretty much a flat cap. I know it's getting raised a million bucks, but not much. Um, Rangers have some really tough decisions to make in three of their RFAs in, in Loth, uh, Keandre Miller, and uh, of course, Heedle. I don't, personally see any way they can keep all three as it stands right now like two yeah they can find a way three i don't see from your standpoint knowing that you said we would probably keep loff who's the odd man out or is there some way they can they can somehow keep all three i agree with you i think it'd be really tough to keep all three i think Heedle's the guy at the deadline this year if you're gonna if you're gonna make that move for a tarasenko or a patrick kane i think Heedle's a great trade ship in the sense yeah. that like highest value highest value and he's really come into his own as a role player on this team. But I think they drafted this kid to be a center. It's very clear. He's not like a top six center. I think he plays the center position on that kid line, that third line really well. I think he'd also play the wing really well, but if you're going to bring in a guy like a, like a Vladimir Tarasenko or, or Patrick Kane, 
basically promising yourself, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but basically promising yourself this guy is the missing piece to win a Stanley Cup. I'd much rather invest that time to develop an Alexei Lafreniere, who was once viewed mm-hmm. as, as that generational guy, than a Filipino. I think he'd be the odd man out in that sense. If they don't move any of them, I think he really got a tough decision that I might not even be able to give you an answer to this offseason. I think Keandre Stafe as well, though. He's played himself into being an absolute stud in this blue line. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets yeah. that, you know, Ryan Pulock, Adam Pellick, like seven year, eight year, six and a half, just locked up forever. And hopefully he agrees to that kind of deal. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And, and he'll definitely right now out of the three, I, I, w- I would argue he even has the most value because he's missed yeah. 10 games here and, you know, he's on pace for 52 points if he were to play a full season. So it's definitely kind of a, you know, a breakout year for him. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but man, if they trade Heedle for uh Tarasenko, they, they sure as shit better win the cup. So um, it's kind of, it's kind of what I was saying. If you're going to make that move, yeah. you got to know that the guy you're bringing in is the guy that, that helps you get it done. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's all we got. Uh, NRD. I mean, as always such a pleasure, Um, you know, Everybody knows you. I didn't know if you wanted to uh, plug any socials, but all yours if you do. I think everybody knows me. I would hope everybody knows <laughs> me. Um, no, just follow me along on Twitter at NHL Rumors Daily. Not leaving there and got the podcast going at Cold Stove Pod. Uh, ripping that every week. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus here. A little, little time to R&R for, for myself and my co-host, but we will be back. And I appreciate you guys for having me on as always. Hopefully we'll Hopefully I'll be a recurring, recurring, I guess, next recurring, recurring guest next time. We'll run this back. We'll keep doing it. That's for sure. And are you confirmed coming to the Sunday skate in Brooklyn? I cannot confirm that at this time. Really? Cannot confirm that. I thought you were going to come sign autographs. That there's a possibility, but I cannot confirm that at this time. Okay. I'll, fair enough. I'll make you a Panarin mask and you, and you can come through. I <laughs> promise nobody will. I'll, I'll make it out of steel. So nobody I'll just wear like an Eddie Jockman mask. I love that. <laughs> I don't like that. All right. Thanks, NRD. Appreciate it, Thanks, man. Yep. We want to thank our boy, NRD, for hopping on. It's going to be fun to talk to him during the trade deadline this year. I'm sure we're going to put together like a little group chat and see what's going on that day. And we'll we'll try to be insiders and and leak information to you guys. But um, yeah, always fun talking to him. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Hopefully people don't hate us. Uh, But anyways, um, that being said, this week's draft, we have a pretty fun one. Our boy Johnny thought of it himself, so I'm very, very proud of him contributing. Um, We are going (laughs) to do a five-round draft of the greatest animated TV and movie characters. So that being said, Johnny is going to go first. I think this is the easiest one. I mean, disagree. Whatever you say immediately. Okay, well, I'm going Peter Griffin, number one overall. Like, he's the funniest fucking animated character, I think, in all TV and movies. I like, I, I just said, I, I can watch Family Guy and actually laugh out loud to myself. Like, to me, there's, there's no funnier show than Family Guy. Okay, so that's, that's a good one. Um, funny enough, I did have a Family Guy character, but it wasn't Peter Griffin. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> because you're but, a funny child. Sure. Um, but that being said, with my first overall pick, because I'm better than Johnny, I'm going with the one and only Eric Cartman. Oh, that was, okay. That was my next one. That's a good one. Okay, I'll I'll stick in the. I mean, Cartman's the fucking best too. I th- I think those two are like, dude. Those. Homer Simpson's there too, bro. Homer so I don't, I don't really watch the Simpsons. I've never oh, really dude, seen the Simpsons it. rule, bro. I never I never got into it. So I guess that's gonna be your next pick. I don't know how's that. Yeah, yeah. We'll run it back. So all right, Homer Simpson's number two. Okay, so then my second round pick, I'll I'll go back to the South Park theme, and for me it's Randy Marsh. Like I love Randy Marsh in South Park. He's so fucking funny. Like Randy, he, he was actually like I love I love Cartman obviously, but Randy Marsh was always my favorite South Park character. Okay, okay, that's a good one. Um, all right, getting away from the uh, adult comedy with my number three pick, I'm gonna go with Ang from Avatar: The Last Airbender because that dude's a fucking legend. Never seen him. You should. It's awesome. Should I think for an animated movie also? Well, well, that's a TV show, but oh, Avatar. Oh, 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 Avatar, like the like the last, last Airbender, Airbender or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I never seen that either. Would you think or- I meant the little blue people? Yeah, that's what I thought. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what do I want to say? Uh, ooh, I might go. Ooh, I got one. Okay, I'm gonna go another TV show, and I'm going the Hormone Monster in Big Mouth. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah. actually, I was actually thinking of Nick. Um, uh-huh. Wait, what's the hormones like, monster's name again? 
Maury. Maury. Yeah. Maury's a good one. That's that's great. That's a great one. Okay. You got to run it back though. Oh, dude. Lock. Ted. Ted. Ted's not animated, but sure. Oh, he's a real life teddy bear. In per- like, what the fuck do you mean he's not animated? I guess he's it's not, not an animated movie. He's not so animated, you dummy. Ted himself is animated. What the sure, fuck? Ted, I, I'm, I'm mind blown, but okay. He's, no? No, no. He's not, but I love you. But you know, we'll allow it. We'll we'll put Ted with an asterisk for Johnny. But yes, that would be a great pick if we were. Okay, fine. I'll I'll do a different one. I'll do a different one. But I feel like that should count. No, it shouldn't. All right, fine. Uh, what's like a good animated movie that I've seen? I mean, there's many. Think of any Disney movie. No, I know. I'm thinking Disney, but I'm nothing that like no one like funny to me. Um, like I like like comedy. Um, give me one sec. Give me one sec. Like like I don't want to say like door. Oh, the turtle and and Finding Nemo. What's his name? I don't know, but were you about to say Dora the Explorer? No, I was say not Dory. Oh, from Finding Nemo. What's the turtle's name? Like I, I don't, I don't. Uh, Bud. Some. Some. It's something like that. Yeah. Finn, <laughs> Give me some Finn. Give me some noggin, dude. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, my number four. I'm gonna go with, and Johnny obviously probably hasn't seen it, but the animated, the latest animated Spider-Man movie, Miles Morales, fucking sick. So I'm gonna go with him. And if you haven't watched it, you need to watch that ASAP. It's on Netflix, dude. It is a sick movie. I love like it. I love that you know that I haven't seen it. (laughs) No, I know you haven't, but it's not like animated. Like it, it, you just need to watch it. It's it's insane. It's insane. Um, so I'm gonna go with Miles Morales, and then. For my last pick, to because I run it back, this is tough. I'm gonna go with Buzz Lightyear because he's the fucking man. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm trying. I don't even know. Like you're going with Goku. Buzz Lightyear is a good one. Like should I go just like a legend? Like a legend? I'm just trying to think like yeah, funny. Go legend. Like but you like, can go like who's legend? Who's legend? Or some shit? Who's a legend? Nah. Fuck Scooby Doo. Bugs Bunny. Like I love the movie Soul, but there's no one in Soul that I would pick. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul's probably my like favorite animated movie, honestly. That's Soul. Soul is a really good one. So Soul good. Really good. Like, there's no um, one yeah. in, in like in like uh, Inside Out that I would pick. You know, it was another really good animated movie from Disney. The uh, oh no, no, don't say it. I I think I know what you're saying. I'm gonna say her, Officer Hobbs in Zootopia. Oh, okay. I wasn't gonna say that, but but that's that's solid. Um, no, uh, Onward. Have you seen Onward? I never saw Onward. Dude, you I love like Zootopia. It. Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt's character, I, I, whatever his name is, you should have said mm. him. He's the fucking man. He's funny. I love Zootopia and Officer Hops, the little, the little bunny. The bunny, okay. Or even so actually, were- Sting is a great movie. I love Matthew McConaughey's character in Sing. You seen Sing? I saw. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the first Sing. I didn't see. Sing's the a great one. movie. Yeah, I actually saw that kind of recent though. But yeah, all right. So that's our draft and. <laughs> That was a pretty good one. Um, so to end this week's episode, this upcoming week, we have three home games in Minnesota, Dallas, and the Canadians. Uh, I think Minnesota and Dallas are gonna be two pretty good gut checks for us. Yeah. Um, especially Dallas. You know, you've been you've been hot on them for a while. So it's mm-hmm. gonna be good to see if we could sneak a win past Ottinger. Um, they've actually had a tough stretch too. I think they've lost their past couple games. Yeah. So that being said, what are your predictions for all three games this week and results? Well, Minnesota, we fucking torched when we played them earlier in the year. I think it was like what seven to two. It was no, I think it was like five to two. No, 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 no. The Rangers put up seven for sure in that game. No, dude. Maybe it was I, six. I, I will I will bet you a hundred dollars the Rangers scored seven goals that game. Why are you looking it up right now? And you're no, like, but I'm about to. <laughs> dude, I, you sure you want to bet that? I don't think we did put up. I'm finding it. I'm finding it right now. Seven three. No, you're probably right. Seven three. Right. Seven yeah. three. Okay. Good thing uh, I didn't bet that. Woo. Minnesota's been pretty good as of late, although they lost last night to Buffalo in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been scoring goals. Kaprizov and Zuccarello are such a dynamic duo. Matt Boldy's been playing great. Yeah. I I think Minnesota comes in and wins. Um, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I'll take like a you know four two five three Minnesota win. Okay. Um, you want to go with that? I'm going six four Rangers. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your thought behind it? Uh, we have played Minnesota three times in the last two years, and all three games have been incredibly high scoring. Okay. Uh, they have, like you said, they have a dynamic duo. They don't have as good of a goaltender, um, and I think <laughs> I think we need to start scoring some goals. It's been a problem as of late, and we had a couple uh, against the Devils. So yeah, I think we're going to explode, and I think uh, you know going into that 
it's it's the same kind of rebound we had against the Oilers, right? Like the goal score has been pretty good as of late. The Rangers have scored like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking now, they scored uh, 17 goals in four games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been sure it's been pretty good. Um, and I think they just need to keep it up. Yeah, I guess we did have a lot of goals against the Hurricanes <laughs> and the Panthers. Um, but yeah, I think they just need to keep it up. And I think coming off of a lot that type of loss against the Devils is really going to ignite them. It's going to show them. You know what kind of character we got as a squad, so I think we're going to come out and win. Um, Dallas is interesting. I, I feel like every time we play Dallas, it's it's literally like a two to one or one to nothing type yeah. game. Um, so I see that happening again. Uh, I I think it'll be Igor. I want to say it'll be Igor. Of course, knowing me, it's going to be Halak against the Habs when I'm there. Um, Probably. <laughs> but that being said, well, he played against the Habs last game too, and he played pretty well. So yeah, I I think this is going to be one of the very rare Igor shutouts. I know I I've said to you, I said to you many times, Igor is not a shutout type of guy. But I think this is going to be one of those games, and I'm going to go with Rangers two to nothing. I like that. I'm actually going to agree. I'm going to I'm going to go the same way. Ah, uh, no, I'll say two to one. I'll, I'll say a close game too. Okay. One. Okay, two to one, and then um, yeah, Canadians. We we should honestly kick the shit out of them. Hopefully, yeah. we do. Uh, hopefully we, we don't let them play up to us. Um, you know, and I, I'm going to go four to one Rangers and, and a nice three Oh week for the Rangers. I'm going to say like six, one. I think we were out. I think, I think we were out. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our predictions of the week. Two, one, Johnny three Oh me. Let's hope the boys get rolling and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this pumping up. And yep. the last things last is, uh, we have a unreal guest next week. So huge, you got huge episode huge next week. Guest. Yep. Huge guest, former Ranger. Um, you know, you guys are going to love him. Fucking it legend. is going to be a wild episode. So we're, we're excited for all of you to tune in and LFGR, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.